So this morning I want to talk to you uh, about Jesus as a gift of peace that God gave to us. A gift of peace because when Jesus came to the world, he restored peace to mankind because we didn't have a way to have a close, intimate relationship with God. Jesus came to restore that peace in that relationship. And beyond that, Jesus came to this world so that he could give us peace as we navigate through the storms and the trials and the circumstances of life. So peace in our relationship with God and that inner peace that we can walk with knowing that no matter what we face, Jesus is already working on our behalf, making a way and solving the situations while we're walking through them. You know that, right? For everything that you're facing right now, the solution is already set in Jesus. It's already set in Jesus. The difference is the time it takes to get from point A to point B. God's already got the solution out there. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and talking about Jesus, says this. It says, "For, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. The authority over all the peace sits with Jesus Christ. Prince of Peace. And when you talk about peace in in people's lives, like, we, we come up with different scenarios and different things because peace can mean different things to different people, depending on what your background is, depending on what you've been through in life, and depending on what you like. Like, think right now of what, like, your perfect, peaceful scenario in life. If you could just picture the perfect, peaceful place, the perfect, like, your, like your little safe place of peace, that you, if you could create it, this would be peace for me. Think about that for just a second. Now, what would it be? What would it look like? Like for some of us, we, we picture a beach with no phone calls, no kids screaming, no pressure, just the waves and the sand in our toes. Oh, am I messing y'all up? Oh my goodness, man, especially with it cold outside. How many of y'all are, I call, I call you guys the flip-flop brigade. Y'all are the flip-flops, beaches, you love summer, you love the water, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's awesome. I'm more of a fall kind of guy, so if I was thinking peace, it would be more like, mountains maybe a mountain stream you hear the water going down through there the wind going through the trees i'm looking out over this beautiful mountain view just breathe that air just peace just peace peace for some of us peace would be um just time with our family time with our family with without the cousin that always brings up politics peace with family without bringing up how you stole your brother's toy when he was eight years old and he never forgave you for it you know just peace just peace you know different scenarios different things i we flew to alaska and um on one of the flights i got to sit by the window and i took some pictures of the mountains as we were flying over the Rocky Mountains, and it was unbelievable. I brought some of those photos to show you. Here's one looking out. This is a legit, from my camera, out the plane window picture. Look at all that. That's just amazing. 
beautiful mountains, snow-capped. Here's a picture of a frozen lake that's sitting in between a group of mountains. This is unbelievable. You look at that, and it's just peaceful, untouched. Here's another picture of a cloud that's just settling in some mountains. This is beautiful. And I was looking at that. I was like, man, that's just peaceful. It's untouched. If I could go there, nobody could get in touch with me. Oh, it would be awesome. That would be awesome. Nobody could bother me. I could just hear nothing but the sounds of the mountains, you know. Um, and then I was, I was brought back to reality with uh, some stuff that happened on the flight. I brought you guys a video of it. Have you ever been on a flight and then you hear uh, the pilot say, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, just, uh, you know, because pilots always do that. Uh, like to uh just tell you it looks like we're going to uh be getting into some bumpy air here in a moment uh stay your seats feet uh seat belts fastened and uh blah 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 yeah so this started happening on my flight if you guys will roll this video <laughs> no sir <laughs> No, sir. No. How many of y'all love turbulence? Oh, man. It's not supposed to be like that. I pay good money for a plane ticket. You're supposed to get me there smooth. Let me watch my movie. Let me land. And I'm good. Like It started bumping. That's not a little bumpy air. That's like Jesus is about to come into the cabin and the world is fixing to end kind of stuff is what's happening. I was waiting for snakes to start dropping out and going down, you know, all kinds of Godzilla out the window, like King Kong had the plane shaking it. Listen, we went on a flight from Atlanta to Seattle, had a layover and connected, flew to Anchorage. Both flights to there, bumpy air like that. I don't do bumpy air, y'all. That was not cool at all. And then in Anchorage, we had to get on those. You know on Indiana Jones, how they got on these little prop planes and like that? It wasn't quite that bad, but we hopped on a prop plane and flew from Anchorage down to this little town called Kenai, Alaska. And if you're in a little prop plane, man, you're going to feel every breeze that comes your way. Yeah, so we got that. On the flights back here to Atlanta, same thing every time. Three flights, three different flights there, three different flights back, okay? All of them, turbulence. That's messed up. That's not peaceful at all. And I, I, like, I was looking at mountains and enjoying the view and watching it. Next thing you know, I'm just like blah, 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 trying to hold on to my lunch and watching heads just bob. It was kind of funny because like you look around and all these heads are just bouncing and shaking and everybody's trying to be cool with turbulence and play it off. But you can't be cool while you're bouncing all over the place. You just can't do it. Um, when we picture peaceful stuff, we don't count on turbulence, do we? We don't count on turbulence at all. Uh, but man, life's full of turbulence, isn't it? Life's full of turbulence. Life is so full of turbulence. And when we think about peace in our lives, 
we like to think of scenarios where we're not stressed. We like to think of times in our life when everything goes right, when we got the money in the bank, when the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when, when uh, your perfect health and you can bench press 500 pounds with one hand. You know what I'm talking about? Just, rah, just feeling good. That's, that's peace. That's when everything's just going right. But life doesn't work like that, does it? Life doesn't work like that at all. Most people equate peace in their lives based on the circumstances that they're walking through. And that's not the kind of peace that Jesus came to give. Not the kind of peace that Jesus came to give at all. Now, you can have that kind of peace, but that's not it. That's more of a worldly kind of peace. And when Jesus was talking to his disciples in the book of John, if you guys will go ahead and put that scripture up there in John 14, peace, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Jesus said there's the kind of peace that I give and there's the kind of peace that the world gives. And there's a big, big, big difference between the two because the peace of the world has a lot to do with what happens to you. Peace of the world, has to, it, it's all wrapped up in your circumstances, in your situations. Look, anybody, anybody can be at peace when everything's perfect in their life. Anybody can be at peace when everything's happening just the way it's supposed to be. The world would be a perfect peace if it wasn't for us. Wasn't for us. Uh, Trump decides to announce that uh, Jerusalem is now the official capital of Israel, and the world lost its mind. Lost its mind. We got some crazy guy in Korea who's threatening to put his finger on a button. These yahoos, if, they, if, if this kind of stuff didn't happen, the world would be a perfect peace all the time. But it doesn't work out that way, does it? The world equates peace with circumstances and situations. Jesus' kind of peace is very different. The peace that Jesus gives is constant and it's steady. It's unshakable by situations, unshakable by circumstances. That no matter what happens in the storms of life, no matter what's happening around us, it doesn't mean that we're naive and we just pretend like things aren't happening, but he gives us the ability to navigate life regardless of what's happening with that inner still peace that can't be shaken. That's a big difference right there. And, and a good example of this in Scripture is found um, when Jesus was out on the boat with the disciples in Matthew chapter 8. My, my, my. I, I love this story. The disciples and Jesus are out in a boat. Here comes a storm. He got in the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. That's awesome. Have you ever felt like you've just been getting beat to death by the storms of life and it felt like Jesus was just asleep in the boat? <laughs> I felt that way before. So the disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus, so sweet and understanding, said, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? He got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. You got the disciples completely freaking out because of the situation and the circumstance that they were in. And then you've got Jesus sleeping in peace. In peace. 
Now, if the disciples were smart, they would have understood that the boat wasn't going to go down with Jesus in it. Son of God's not going to drown in a lake. Uh, He's like, don't you get it, guys? All this prophecy about me isn't going to be fulfilled if I die here. All the word that was spoken about me isn't going to be fulfilled if I die in this lake. If we all die here, none of us are going to be able to do what he's called, what God, the Father's called us to do. Don't you guys equate, don't, can't, can't you work that out and figure that out, you know? How many times do we look at things in our lives and lose sight of what God has promised us and what God has spoken to us and what God said he would do in and through us and we lose sight of it because of what's going on around us and for a second we start to freak out and we forget Jesus is in the boat with us the whole time. He's with us the whole time. One of the cool things about this passage of Scripture blows me away. Is that how many of y'all have ever been in a pool? Swimming pool, swimming. You ever been in a lake when a boat goes by and the waves come in like that? Have you ever seen a swimming pool instantly the water just stop moving when people get out of it? It doesn't happen, does it? Because the water just keeps moving. Water's just going to have motion. Even when it looks calm, there's still motion happening underneath the surface of the water. In this passage of Scripture, when Jesus spoke to the storm, said, peace be still, and the waters were calm. This is amazing to me. He says that instantly everything was calm. Instantly the water stopped moving. The wave stopped. Instantly the wind stopped blowing. There was immediate peace and immediate calm. That's how God works in our life. When he gets ready to speak peace, I'm telling you, things start to line up and things start to fall into place. You know, you can walk with that kind of peace in your life. You can walk with that kind of peace in your life. Most people equate peace in their life based off of the circumstances that they're walking through right now. And if my peace in my life for me depends on whether or not you like me or whether or not I got money in the bank or whether or not my boss is my best friend at work, because we've all probably had that boss that just was not our best friend at work. (laughs) Whether or not I get along with everybody at work, whether or not the kids listen to me, if my peace depends on that, then what I have is what the Bible calls a worldly kind of peace. And that might be where you're at too. You know, and I got bad news for you if that's you. you. If you lose your peace in life, the, the second things don't go the way that you want them to. I got bad news for you, man. It, it, you're in for a long, frustrating life. You're in for a real long, frustrating life. Now, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't even mean that you don't love God. What that means is you're going to spend your entire life taking your cues and, and living in peace based on what's happening or not happening in your life. And you're never going to have consistent, steady peace that Jesus gives in your life. Um. Jesus said, he spoke to this directly. He said, in this life, you're going to have what? You're going to have trouble. Trouble does not sound peaceful, does it? In this life, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Then he followed it up and said, but take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome this world. No matter what you face, no matter what life throws at you, I've overcome it. You can walk through this with peace, steadfast, unshakable, 
without life messing with you spiritually or you losing your cool. How many of you have ever had times in your life where things that were happening rattled you and you just kind of lost it for a little bit? Yeah? Probably this week, right? Like, because <laughs> there's just things in this world that just aren't. It's not always going to click. It's not always going to click. The car, sooner or later, is probably going to break down. That's trouble. Listen, the kids aren't always going to clean their rooms. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to. You're not going to come home from work and then, father, father. I'm so glad you're here today. We've cleaned our rooms. We've even prepared dinner for you and mother, so you don't have to do anything. You don't have to lift a finger, Father. We love you. We respect you, Father. Oh, we respect you, Father. We love you so much. How many of that yeah, that happens to you guys when you go home? No. You know, your kids are kids. Sometimes you got to, our kids can be awesome. And my kids, most of the time, are, are fairly well behaved. But they're still kids. They're still kids. Um, life is going to throw curveballs at you. You're going to have friction in relationships. Can I just tell you that? There might come a time where you have a, a rough spot in your marriage that you have to work your way through. All right? Jesus can walk with you through those times and give you the peace so that no matter what you're facing, you can be steady, you can be constant, and you can be consistent in your walk with him. And you don't have to be rattled by the things of this world. Amen? Um, It's just absolutely impossible to know peace outside of Jesus. You can't do it. You can't do it because the peace that this world gives is too inconsistent. It's based on something that's always going to be changing, always going to be in flux. It's always going to be frustrating. I was flying into Atlanta and we flew, we were flying into the airport and I could see 85 going in both directions. And you know what I saw on Interstate 85 in both directions from up in the plane? Brake lights. That's what I saw. When I looked down on those brake lights, you know what? I didn't think, wow. I bet everybody sitting in that traffic is just peaceful right now. (laughs) I bet they're just having fun. Oh, honey, I'm having the best day ever. I've been sitting in the same spot for 25 minutes. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. This guy decided to cut over, and he didn't even use his blinker. We moved an inch, and he tried to put the front of his car right in front of mine because he thought our lane was going a little bit fast. Oh, I'm just having the best time ever. Yeah, it doesn't happen, man. You just, you cannot know peace outside of Jesus because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It's the Prince of Peace. It all comes down to, it all comes down to the consistency and the depth of your relationship with him. You're never going to know peace outside of your relationship with Jesus Christ because he's the one that speaks to the waves and the storms in our lives. Amen? You'll never know it outside of him. Because this thing is a relationship. It's a relationship. You have to build trust. You have to build trust in your relationship with God to know that he's not going to fail you, to know that he's not going to let you down, to know that he's always working things out for the good. That comes through 
a consistent relationship with him. How many of you trust people that you don't know? I don't see a hand going up in here. How many of you have about 50 people in your life that you trust, that you know will never let you down, that if you call them, they'll be there for you? They're not going to talk about you. I mean, they're just going, they're brothers and sisters that have got your back no matter what. You know how many people are in my life that I could count? Like, I love people. I love people. But people that have proven themselves trustworthy in my life, same as you guys, I bet you there's very few people, very few people that you would consider that trustworthy in your life. And the reason why is because over time, through your relationship with them, they've had the opportunity to prove themselves trustworthy. You get what I'm saying? Over time, through your relationship with Jesus, time and time again, he's going to prove himself trustworthy. I bet if you look back over your life right now, you can see over the landscape of your life, you'll see moment after moment, time after time, where God has always been faithful, where he's never failed you, where he's never forsaken you, where he's never let you down. He's given you a track record to trust. He's given you a track record where he's proven himself. If he's been that faithful up until now, what makes you think he's going to abandon ship and just leave you out there alone? See what I mean? It comes from trust. But you've got to give him the opportunity to move and do things in your life. Isaiah 26 breaks it down like this. It says, you will keep in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Perfect peace that Jesus gives comes from us being steadfast in our minds, knowing that if he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now, and he'll be faithful down the road. If we're steadfast in that and trusting in that, we trust him. That's when we operate in that perfect peace. That perfect peace. In traffic heading home, that perfect peace when the bank account hits zero and even goes into that negative number, that perfect peace that trusts him to work out his plan in your calling in your, li- in your life when what you see around you doesn't make sense at all, that peace and that trust, it all comes from that relationship with him. And this is where we start to have the conflict. All right, can we talk just a little bit? All right. We start to have a conflict because we run into this thing where we, we, we begin to wrestle between trust in God versus control that we want to have in our life. If trust versus control. Trust versus control. You can't have both. All right? You can't have both. I'm bad about this. I wish, I wish, <laughs> I, I, this pastor's making confessions here this morning. I wish I had this down pat and I could stand up here and look at you guys and say, I always trust God in everything and I never want to grab the controls of life and handle things on my own. Man, I struggle with, you guys struggle with this? Man, it's tough. Because I like to, I like to like hands-on fix things, work through problems and processes and, and, and you got to operate with wisdom. You got to operate with wisdom and the Bible does say that faith without works is dead. So there is stuff that we do have to do. We got to do our part. Okay. Um, but man, there, there, there's just some times when you just can't control what's going on in life. And you've got to release it 
And literally, like the old hokey saying goes, just let go and let God handle the situation. There's a lot of truth in that for a hokey statement that gets thrown around. Uh, I do believe that we can work and do what we need to do. And I think a lot of times we waste our faith on things that we could do ourselves when God's saying, you know what? Um, You could get yourself up and go look for a job instead of praying that I would drop one in your lap. You know, you you could, uh, instead of praying and asking me to bless your finances all the time, maybe you could stop spending every dime that you make and save a little bit. You know, so I do think there's some practical stuff that we can do. You know, but trust versus control, man. You know, control is an illusion. It's an illusion. You can't control life. It doesn't matter how hard you try to make stuff happen. You can't control it. Can't control it. Listen, it doesn't matter how good a foundation you lay in your children's life. Doesn't matter how good a foundation you lay in your children's life. They are still going to make their own decisions. Now, you can, you can work it on your end as a parent and teach them the things of God and, and prepare them for life and, and do all that you can do. But, man, kids are still kids. They're going to do what they do. That's why I'm real excited about this Next Generation offering that we're taking next week here at the church. You guys are aware of this, right? Next week, we're coming together, and we're going to give and give big to support the, the Next Generation Ministries in our church with our children and our student ministries because we want to invest in them. I don't believe this generation has to go to hell in a handbasket. I believe we can do our part as a church to set our kids up for success in their life and to set our kids up for success spiritually and to give and empower our, our ministries here at the church to reach this generation that's desperately crying out for God to do something something in their lives big epidemic man did you know that nine out of ten boys are going to be exposed to porn by the time they're like 12 or 13 seven out of ten girls that's crazy that stuff will jack up their minds man um i i keep talking about this, this is a stat that blows me away a million Teenage girls are going to become pregnant this year. Over 350,000 of them are going to choose to have an abortion. And we can't let this generation float out without trying to reach them with the gospel. You know, um, almost almost 3,500 teenagers a day attempt suicide. And they're crying out. They're crying out. We want to do our part as the church to invest in the next generation. So next Sunday, we're going to come together. We're going to have a baptism service next Sunday, too. You guys are excited about that? Hey, I think we've got like 15 or 16 people already signed up to be baptized. We're, we're going to be dunking some folks next week. It's going to be awesome. Josh, how are you going to do it? Well, listen, we, we were able to network with, a, with another church, and they're awesome. They're letting us use their portable baptistry. We're going to be able to baptize people here in the church. Send them off and let you guys go dry and, and towel up as best we can back here. We're kind of limited on facility. We're going to work it how we can. We're going to be able to baptize a bunch of people. And by the way, if you've not signed up for that yet, it's not too late. We might not have a T-shirt for you. We ordered some extras just in case because we wanted to be able to give everyone a T-shirt that got baptized. Um, but it's not too late if you want to sign up in the foyer or sign up on the app. It's not too late to do that, okay? You guys can sign up to be baptized, um, and we're, we're really, really, really excited about that. All of you that are signed up, we're going to be contacting you 
through the week to let you know what the plan is coming into next week. Next week's going to be a fun time to be at church. It's going to be a fun time to be at church. But these life happens, though, in, in ways that we don't expect. Abby, my little girl, um, she she decided that she uh, wanted to become an artist. And she likes to do finger paints. But she's more organic in what she chooses to paint with. So we we walk in a couple of times now uh, at the tail end of nap time, time for Abby to wake up, and she's filled up a diaper and decided to do something with it. She paints the cribs, the sheets, the stuffed animals, her face, like war paint, clothes, all that, and she looks at you, Daddy! Man. It, you can't control what kids do sometimes. You can't control traffic. <laughs> you can't control traffic. It doesn't matter how good a driver you are. It's all the other drivers out there you got to worry about. You got to worry about all those other drivers, especially when it rains. Man, you got to be on like high alert, ready for these people. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You there's just so many factors and so many things in life that you can't control. So many things you can't control. You can't control the drunk driver that hits the car, that takes the family member from you. You can't control it. You can't control the heart attack that catches you off guard. Things just happen that you don't expect. Can't control the cancer. Can't control the stroke. You can't control the kids falling and breaking the bones. No matter how hard we try to keep control of our lives, it's just an illusion. It's just an illusion. And we'll never have peace the way that God wants us to have peace trying to hold on and control every aspect of our lives. You just can't. I wish that I could stand up here this morning and tell you that I got it all figured out. I don't. Because when these things happen in life, it catches us off guard. And we got to process that. And we got to absorb that blow that life throws at us. We got to deal with the wave that hits the boat. But somewhere in the process of that happening, we have a choice that we can make. Whether to let the situations and circumstances of life rob us of our peace, and we freak out because we can't control what's happening, or we trust God and understand that He's working things for our good, even though we might be going through what Jesus called trouble in this world. Okay? I bet you if we took the next three hours and let everybody share just the last three years of your life, I bet we'd be amazed at the struggles that we've gone through. I bet we'd be amazed at the storms that we've walked through. I bet we'd be floored at some of the stuff that some of the people in this room have gone through. And I know. 
it can be tough sometimes. I go through it too. Kelly and I go through this stuff. We this was years ago. We we went through a period of time in our life where it's no joke. I used to own and operate a business doing lawn care and painting, doing whatever I could do to pay the bills while I, I did ministry up here at the church and just kind of give me some semblance of freedom with my time so that I could put as much as I could into the ministry and still provide for my family. We went through a season where business just dropped off. It's no business at all. Here come the bills, here come the bills, here come the bills. You deal with the stress of that. The ultimate result of that was that we weren't able to get enough business to maintain our current lifestyle of living in the house that we were in, so we ended up losing the house. That's not fun. Lost the business, lost the house. Business didn't pick back up, so I had to go through a season where I had to take work out of state. And so I was literally driving like five, six, eight hours to camp at a job site for a week and then drive back and try to do ministry at the church and and see my wife, and it was just crazy. Um, Somewhere in the process of all that happening, Kelly and I lost a child lost the business, lost the house, having to do this crazy travel stuff, life's just completely out of balance, lose a child. That's rough. And all that happened in about a, what, maybe less than a year and a half, right in there, just bam, bam, bam. Well, now you're out traveling, working and doing all that stuff. You can't be as available. People start getting frustrated because you're not around, and so people start talking about, the pastor who's not around as much as he used to be. So here come the rumors, here comes the talk, here comes the frustration, here come the attacks, here comes the this, here comes the that. And man, I'm just telling you, it was a lot to process. It was a lot to process, man. And I probably didn't do the best job that I could have done through that season in keeping my peace. And we're going into the holiday seasons now where a lot of us look at empty seats at the dinner table and we're missing loved ones that we've lost, spouses, children, and aunts and uncles and grandparents. And it's, easy, it's easy for me to stand up here and say, trust God. He's your source of peace and you can have peace through every storm of life. But it's another thing when you hit the real world and you're processing all this stuff and finding that that spot where despite what I see, I still come back to the spot where I trust God even in the things that don't make sense to me, even in the losses that I don't understand. Knowing that there's going to be trouble and storms and things that we have to face because we live in a fallen world, and other people make bad decisions that impact our lives. And there's just things that, out, that are out there we're going to have to deal with because we live in a sinful, fallen world. Find the balance between that and knowing at the end of all of this stuff, we're all going to rule and reign with Jesus forever. And all of this that we're going through is going to be the most distant of memories 50 billion years from now when we're all in heaven together, hopefully with those loved ones that we miss so much right now. You know, at, I look at presents under the tree, just being honest with you. I look at presents under the tree, and I wonder what kind of presents my kid would have wanted. 
you know, what, what, what my child would have been like, um, what the nickname would have been, you know, what he looked like, what, 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 what the color of the eyes would have been and, and, and all of that. It, but I know one day I'll see my child. So I have peace in that. And even through those moments where that, that pain and that emptiness kind of comes in, you can come back to the knowledge and understanding that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Not just in the things that happen, but in that still place in your heart that nobody else can get to but you and God. He speaks peace in that. And I, I had to come to the place where I trusted him in the things that I don't understand. Trust the fact that he's working things out for the good. And these are, these are some things that, that helped me as I was processing through this. And maybe this will help you guys this morning if you're working through some stuff and you're processing through some stuff where there's loss or financial pressure or your, your life is just crazy right now. And you're trying to put together the pieces and trying to hold things together and trying to figure out where God fits in all of this. These are some constant truths that help me, and hopefully they'll help you. The number one is this, that God knows. God knows. There's not one thing that's happening in our lives right now that surprised God. He knows where we are. He knows what we're going through. And more than that, I know that God knows me. I know that God loves me enough. The Bible says that, that the, the hairs on our head are numbered. That's cool. But you know what that really means? That means that each one is individually numbered. So when you take a shower later today and you lose a few, guys, we're probably going to lose a few more than, than the ladies. I don't know why ours don't grow back like a lot of the ladies do. But we're going to lose a few. That means that God doesn't just know that the number count changed from 10 million to uh, from to 9,500,000. It means that he knows that we lost hair number 468,000, that we lost hair number 2, that we lost hair number 6,023,005. He knows us that specifically and that detailed. The Bible says that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knows us the plans that he has for us. He knows us. He loves us. Did you know that when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't just die for us on a cross to pay for our sins. I'm so grateful that he did. When he came to this earth, you know that he was tempted in every way, just like we are. That he dealt with the frustrations that we dealt with. That he knew, he learned what it was like to have sleepless nights and early mornings to have people talk about him, to betray him. He went through all of that so that he could be what the Bible calls a kinsman redeemer. So that he could know every detail of us. God knows. God knows. And if God cares enough about me to know me in that way, then I got to know that the second thing is this, that God loves me. God loves me. And because he loves me, because he loves me, I know that his motivation towards me is not going to be to put me under his thumb and grind me in to a bunch of dust and mortar. 
God isn't punishing me. God's not attacking me. God's not trying to destroy my life. I'm just going through stuff. And I know that I serve a God who gave his son Jesus to die for me, to give me the ability to have peace, to walk through every situation and circumstance that I face in this world. And the third thing is this. I, I, I know that, that God knows me and that God loves me. The third thing is that I know that God is in control. He's in control. He's in control. So while I'm dealing with the stuff, there's trouble in my life, and I'm processing this stuff, and, and I'm finding that place where I can walk in consistency and peace, I know that despite whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm facing, that the Bible says that in all things, God is working for the good of those who know him and trust him. I know he's in control. So if he knows me and cares about me, he loves me, and he's in control, I can come to a place in my life where I find that consistency to trust him and walk in the peace that he provides. Make sense? Maybe that helps you where you are. But here's what I know, is that the enemy is going to be working hard to try to extort every situation, every circumstance, and all of life's pressures that are going to be on you. Because he wants to trap you. And this is the game he plays. This is the game he plays. Because we know Jesus is our peace. We know that we can walk in peace, most Christians, you know. And, and we have some semblance of what peace is supposed to be. But the enemy knows that if he can throw enough stuff at you and get you frustrated and get you aggravated and get you sideways with friends that talk about you and get you frustrated at the boss that, that won't let up on you and the car's always breaking down and the kids never listen to anything that you say and all these circumstances and situations that pop up. Why can't I have money? Why can't I get this? Why can't I get... I gave and I trusted God like the Bible said and I still don't have the blessing that I thought was going to come my way. Well, you got to... He'll try to work and frustrate you. See time and harvest takes time. But if he can throw enough confusion in between the seed and the harvest, he can get you to walk away in the middle of the process and you miss out on what God wants to bless you with because you get frustrated and you walk away. This is the game that he plays and this is the trap that he tries to catch us in. But if we get to the place where we can trust God, no matter what life throws at us, now we're stepping away from that worldly peace and we're walking into that steady, constant peace that Jesus gives. And all of that distraction and all of that stuff that the enemy tries to throw at us, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now we're focused and now we can do something. Because you know why? Because peace releases power in your life spiritually. When you're at a place where you walk with perfect peace with God, you're at a place where nothing can shake you and nothing can rattle you. You're at a place where you can process what's happening and deal with it and still be at a place where you have a strong relationship with Jesus and you're able to minister. You're able to navigate through stuff. You're able to do things with your life. The enemy's not able to rattle. You're at a place where you can operate with consistency and power in your life. And when you get that, you're going to begin to operate at a place that very few people do. Because most people spend their lives reacting to what they see around them. It's not what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. Amen? I'm going to put Isaiah back up on the screen. As we close this morning, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. 
because they trust in you. One of the greatest gifts that we have in the gift of Jesus that God gave us is the gift of peace in our lives. Because when we operate in pure peace in our life, not only do we operate in power, we operate in freedom. Because this world doesn't have the hold on us that it has on everybody else. That's the gift that peace gives. Power, freedom, consistency, all because we know and trust that the same God that loved us then loves us now. And the same God that's been faithful all those years is the same God that will be faithful now because he doesn't change. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes.